Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. Be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash profit momentum to get the notes, worksheet, and links for this episode. Remember, my guests and I aren't giving you specific business advice. The information we're sharing is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need help, be sure to find and hire a trained professional who can advise you directly about your specific situation. You know, we start a business for lots of reasons, including the opportunity to make a big impact and the opportunity to earn an unlimited income. But having to price our offerings and services can fill us with anxiety and raise self-worth issues that we didn't even realize we had. We come face to face with our own emotional crap. And it doesn't matter where you are in the business life cycle. Each new level of business success brings up the issue of, am I good enough? Or do I really deserve to make this kind of money? In this episode, Ty Goodwin talks about the struggle that we have with pricing and how we've got to get past it to build momentum and truly build this this sustainable, profitable business we dream of and deserve. Ty is the CEO of Profit Momentum and founder of Profit Academy. She's a firm believer that wealth and spirituality are not mutually exclusive. Ty teaches women how to make bank so they can fund the lifestyle they desire, bring their purpose-based projects to life, and invest in the people and communities that matter to them. A tech-savvy woo-woo coach and teacher who prefers books over shoes, Ty's superpower is helping clients monetize their expertise by creating, marketing, and selling high-ticket signature programs. The author of Girlfriend, It's Your Time and co-author of The Profitable Woman's Playbook, her articles have been featured on the Huffington Post, Forbesbook.com, CareerRealism.com, and Career Magazine. Ty has also been highlighted by Money Magazine, Black Enterprise, and The Boss Network. You can find her online at ProfitMomentum.com. Listen in as Ty shares tips and strategies to help you ramp up your profits, deal with worthiness issues, recognize the value of your corporate experience and skills, how to deal with profit potholes and recognize profit roadblocks, the importance of being around others who want the same things you do, the importance of social capital, and how to know it's time to raise your prices. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so thank you so much for being here, Ty. I'm so excited to have you here. I am excited to have this conversation. (laughs) Girl, I could go on for weeks about this subject. It is one that I get questions about that people confess that they have anxiety over that I have anxiety over. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. You know, one of the things that I think And I was just on a call today with my accountability partner, and we were whining about this together. One of the things I think that gives a lot of us anxiety at some point in our business development life cycle is packaging and pricing our offerings, obviously for profit, right? Yeah. So, and and making sure that all of our expenses are covered, but also that there's profit, that there's actually, we're paying ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I remember working with a client who I discovered 
by accident that it was a husband and wife. They weren't pricing for their time spent traveling. They actually used to go on site to clients. And I'm thinking, no wonder you're not making the right money because here's this uncompensated time. So I know that's a big, like, matzo ball out there. So let's just kind of, if you can talk about how do we figure this out, right? How do we really, and that's probably a big question too, but how do we figure out the right pricing for an offering? Is there some kind of formula or something that we should be using? Well, yeah, you know, well, uh, well let me start with the wrong ways to do it. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot, you know, one of the wrong ways is to copy what you see someone else doing. Um, you can use it as maybe like a guideline or a framework, but the reality is you have no idea what it takes for that person to make a profit. Right. You have no idea if that person is even making a profit. So when you grab their prices because it looks right to you and it looks like they're successful, you don't know. All right. So that is not something that we teach people how to do. Okay. Um, the other thing is that you don't price based on emotion. You know, I'm afraid they're not going to pay, so I'm going to charge this. Right. No, don't do that. Yeah. Um, we do not have crystal balls, and we can't see into other people's bank account or see what they are, you know, what they have access to. Yeah. And we do ourselves a disservice when we approach pricing that way, and I see so many people do that. Yeah, so let me just, I'm going to jump right in here. Yeah. I interviewed, I think it was Charmaine McClary who, who said this, uh, and I thought that was brilliant. She said, don't price your offerings based on your pocketbook, which <laughs> yep. I thought was great. I say the same thing. Uh, you know, I think also there's this, I don't know what it is that we're we're making this judgment call and so I had somebody who, you know, told me I can't afford to pay you, and but I really want to work with you. So I gave her a really gigantic discount, and then she didn't pay that, and only one month. So, okay, I felt good. I only had one month there to, to play catch up on. But I then find out that she has paid a guru, like, almost $10,000. And I knew that that guru's program was way above where she needed to be, right? That person, she was not going to be able to get full value from it because she didn't have mm -hmm. the foundational stuff, which is what I would have covered. Man, I was mad at myself. Yeah. Because that was a great example of what you just described. I've been there. I've been in that place and I learned the hard way, you know, and that's what I tell people. I've learned, a, I learned a lot of this the hard way so you don't have to, right? But, you know, and I get that people will find the resources for what they want. One of the things I value and one of the things I look for in clients are, are people who are resourceful. So, you know, so if we're having a conversation and you're not resourceful enough to figure out how to get the money or even to start asking that question, that's a sign to me that you're not my ideal person. Yeah, because what that tells me is that even as we move forward with coaching, you're not going to be resourceful in figuring out solutions for your Brilliant. business. That that is such a great way to put it. I mm -hmm. talk about uh, figure it out kind of people. Yep. That I I work well with people who are figure it out kind of people. Whether it's 
okay, I'm going to figure out how this exercise applies to my business. I'm going to figure out how to make this work. But yeah, that, that I think that's an excellent statement that you need to be a certain level of resourceful. Yeah, it's, it's part yeah. of the problem solving process, right? Okay, I want this. Now, what's my best way for getting it? Well, yeah, it's that. And there's also, um, it's about scarcity and prosperity thinking. Tell me more about that. Um, So folks who are in a scarcity or poverty mentality, um, uh, the perfect example, and my my mentor used this example with me. I'm just going to share it. It was great. Um, When you think about people who say, well, the rent's due, the um, scarcity folk will say, okay, what can I cut out of my budget so that I can pay rent? Yes. The prosperity people and the growth people are going to say, okay, what else can I do to get the money to pay for rent? And that's what we see a lot of, you know, it's yeah. like, well, I'm going to cut this, I'm going to cut this, I'm going to cut this. And then before you know it, you know, it's, it's bare bones and you don't really have anything as opposed to what else can I do? What resources do I have? What do I need to go and sell? Right? So I can make this happen. And it's just two very different mentalities. And it doesn't mean that one is bad. I mean, well, it's not productive, but it doesn't mean that the person is bad or the person is wrong. It's just a level that they have to grow into. Yeah. And I think so much of that comes from conditioning. I agree. Right. From society, from our families of origin, Uh from... uh, you know, being a poor college student and, and, and that kind of thing and clipping coupons and all of that. And I also think, and so the media, I also think that there's a lot of that messaging. What, one of the things that bothers me are these websites or magazine articles that celebrate that kind of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's very interesting. It's almost like a, you know, a catch 22, Right. There's all these stories about people who they overcame this and they did it on a bootstrap and X, Y and Z. And so you think, well, OK, well, that must be the way to do things. Right. Um, but there's so many more examples of people who had to actually go and get their resources. And, you know, they took the time to, to really build things up and to they made the sacrifices. Right. Um, you know, yeah. but they didn't do it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They might have made sacrifices, but at the end of the day, they made more investments than sacrifices. Yeah, that I think that's another great way to describe it because uh, we make sacrifices every day. It, yeah. The fact that that you chose to sacrifice something, you know, taking a nap. I mean, and and you spent time with me. That, that that's a sacrifice, right? You could have mm-hmm. been hanging out with a girlfriend, but you sacrificed that to spend this time with me. So I think sacrifices are just the nature of you've got to make choices, right? The old everything you say yes to, you say no to something else. So what are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do? And are you willing to overcome some of the things that you're not willing to do? Um, yeah. yeah, I think see, I look at our time together. I don't even look at our time as a sacrifice, though. And that's, I think, what I'm, I'm getting to. I'm looking at it as an investment. I could say, oh, well, I'm, I'm having a sacrifice taking a nap to have this conversation. Or I could say, you know what, I'm investing my time in this interview 
Yeah. Right. Because of who I want to sow into, because of the relationship that I want to build with you, um, because of the opportunity to reach more people. And as long as we keep looking at things as a sacrifice, it will right. always feel hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So great. And there are so there are two books I want to mention. One is Mindset by Carol Dweck, Dweck yep. for a few years. She talks about people being closed mind, closed mindset and a fixed mindset and fixed growth mindset. That's yep. what it is. And again, it's a matter of conditioning. You weren't born with this particular mindset, right? You had to develop this, but it's that, that development began at the very earliest stages of your life as you absorb perspectives from those around you and from the environment. And I think the other really interesting book that makes a perfect companion to that is the book Drive by Dan Pink. Yeah. He really talks about understanding what truly is motivating you and recognizing that. And I think so many of us, especially when we've come from a corporate background, we're so used to investing our energy and and putting our focus on achieving other people's goals, right? That's the trade-off for being an employee. You're going to sacrifice your goals for the achievement of the organization's goals, right? Exactly. And of course your career goals and hopefully you're meeting them at the same time, but you are working to advance that organization. So then when we're out on our own, I really believe we have to go through some kind of detox because we're sort of out of touch and I might be projecting here but we're sort of out of touch with even who am I really and what do I really believe and what do I really want for the first time mm -hmm. it's on me what do I really want and I don't even know oh absolutely I think you know I, I come from a corporate background I was an employedpreneur that's the term I use for people who are launching a business while working full-time mm -hmm. um, and the second time I went back into corporate America um, I started to really pay attention closely to what happens um, to folks when you don't get to use all of your skills, when you don't get to show up and go for authenticity, um, when you feel like you have to kind of dumb down what you do. Um, there's some things that you start to lose within yourself. And so when you do step out to being an entrepreneur, you're right. You know, you have to reconnect with those pieces that says, oh, I'm autonomous. I can make decisions. Um, one of the things that happens a lot of times when we talk about people with pricing is I'm telling them you get to choose. Like you get to choose whether your business that you're creating is going to be, you know, like a Kia or, you know, a Subaru or is it going to be like a Lexus? Like you get to choose. And that goes back into that question you asked at the beginning of, you know, how do you set your prices, right? You know, there's different levels that you want to create for a brand. Like I said, a brand can be like a Kia or it could be a Lexus, right? And there's no shame in any of those. It's just what you choose and how you choose to operate. Um, one of the things that I see a lot of people make a mistake of is setting their pricing based on an hourly rate. Yeah. Um, and that hourly rate is just, you know, that's not going to work, you know, because the time that it takes you to actually do some things um, is going to shorten over the period of time. You know, like you might be able to do it in an hour, but is the value of what you deliver only worth you charging an hour for? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so there's all different ways to price. And, you know, so the value-based pricing, um, there's hourly pricing. Um, and those are the two ways that we teach people, you know, to do things. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're probably the most common 
especially and, and you know even if you start out factoring in i guess the number somehow and then work from there to embrace the value pricing i mean just it's the thing is to just start right so what are some yeah. of the other mistakes that you see people make with their pricing uh, well one of the things i talk about is profit gaps um and so i, I want to separate the two and I want to talk about that a little bit because um, there's some strategies that we teach people to put in place for that but you know one of the other things I see people is they forget to include everything and they really don't even understand what profit is you know profit is not what you make <laughs> you know somebody said oh I'm really really profitable I had I did this with a, um, a client the other day she said I'm really really profitable because you know whenever I do this I'm bringing in money I said okay well let's take a look at that how many hours are you spending a week well I'm spending about 30 hours a week so you're making this amount of money but you're spending 30 hours a week that's 120 hours a month and by the time you put those numbers together she was making like six dollars an hour Yeah, and she was so excited about what she thought she was bringing in. I said, no, I said, you're making $6 an hour. And I said, and if I'm asking you to factor in, you know, the cost of your time, the expense, the expense of traveling, the materials that you need, the time you spent marketing, then the taxes, then right. you pay yourself, <laughs> right. then you have profit and people don't get that so they're not factoring all those things and it can feel scary um, because another thing that I see people do is they base on what they think they need and I started as a career coach Winnie I don't know if you knew that I and I would yeah. see people do it in their careers as well when yes. I would sit down with them to talk about you know you know your resume and what kind of job you wanted I would say well how much money would you like to make and they would take a look at their bills and say, well, my bills are $2,500, so I need to make $2,500 a month. Right, yeah, no. It doesn't work that way. No. Uh -huh. The value that you're bringing to that workplace, I guarantee you is more than $2,500 a month. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. so it's, it's, it's all those misconceptions that we have about how money works, and I think that's a big part of it is people understanding how money works right it's huge in setting your pricing so that you actually make a profit yeah it, one of my mentors always says it's not what you make it's what you keep and and that certainly is you know it's one of those things that well i knew that but wow when you say it that way that really hits me and i think that again i think most people have probably worked for somebody, right? So somebody else has told you what you're worth, right? right? I, my background's in human resources. So I never worked specifically in compensation, but I certainly studied it and I, I know how it works in theory. Mm -hmm. And so you have a salary range, right? And the organization's job is to get the most production out of the the least amount of money let's let's call it what it is so we know yeah. that we've to, in order to get a great candidate we've got to pay more money to be able to get that just like you described the cars right yeah. so we're we've gone through decades of our life with other people telling us what we are worth yes and I think then that salary becomes kind of an anchor point in our head that that's what I'm worth. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting that you use that phrase because I think that's what that's what the corporate 
would like us to think, right? Is that right. this is how much you're worth. Right. And that's not true. I always say that we are priceless. There is no amount of money for what we are right. worth. What we're talking about is the value of the results that you deliver. Exactly. And when you think about, you know, what you've done in a company and, you know, the value of you closing a sale or the value of you handling their customer complaints, right? right? That's what they're not paying you for because they've got a whole different structure. But now in your business, you know, one of the things I do is I teach folks how to turn what they know into, you know, high ticket courses and high ticket signature programs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they will talk to me about my pricing and I'm thinking about it this way. If what I'm helping you create is going to help you make $10,000. At least, yeah. $20,000 over the lifetime of what we're creating. And that's just right. using it as a basic, you know, um, benchmark. Right. Why would you think you could charge me $200 for that? Right. How does that even, how does that even work? Or, you know, think of it the other way. I have another yeah. client who was doing um, career coaching. I said, well, I was charging people, you know, like $200, you know, for, you know, a six-week, you know, program, $200 a month. And I said, so you want to work with people who are making $100,000 a year, and you think they're going to value paying $200 right. for three hours of your time. Oh. They're going to think it's worthless. Exactly. So that's why they, they're not booking with you. In her mind, she was like, well, then maybe I'm charging too much. I'm like, no, you're not charging enough. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know what else? So here's another little secret about uh, compensation and, and value, et cetera. My husband and I were just talking about this. My husband and I met at work ages ago. Uh, he was convenient is what I tell people. His <laughs> office was near mine. So, so one, of the, one of the issues with being an employee is what when you create something it becomes the property of the company yes that's part of the deal that you created it and now i own it it's not yours so mm -hmm. unless you can create some kind of magic special deal but no that doesn't work that way right so one of the things that i did when i was an employee at this same company i worked with my husband we worked at a casino hotel in atlantic city I came up with the tagline that the company ended up using for 20 years. Wow. And I wasn't, I didn't work in advertising or marketing. I worked in human resources. Uh -huh. But I came up with this, this slogan that we were going to use for an employee event. And the advertising department said, well, we're going to use it. We like it. <laughs> And, and I even created, like, the logo. They took it. Wow. I didn't, I didn't get a bonus. I didn't get a thank you. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a you go, girl. I got <laughs> nothing. And, oh. But here's the catch. I didn't expect anything. So I think that, and I've, I've worked with clients who deal with this whole mindset. Mm -hmm. That's just my job. So then we go out on our own, and we're so used to I mean, that's crazy over-delivering. I created a tagline that you used for 20 stinking years. Yeah. How much would they have to have paid for that? Probably six figures. They would have paid yeah. somebody at some, ad, some famous ad agency in New York, right? Mm -hmm. So we start to think that, well, that's not worth very much. Oh, absolutely. I see that all the time. Job. 
Yeah, well, we undervalue what we do. Right. Um, exactly. Especially in HR, you know, I was in training, you know, so, you know, that, Me too. you know, where we have to wear a lot of hats. And mm -hmm. so we come out, and this is just isn't for HR and training, but for so many things, there's so many things that we do that we undervalue. We think, well, everybody knows how to do that. And the truth is, no, they don't. They don't. Right? They really don't know how to do it. There's value in what you've been delivering to that job. Right for so long, now let's take that and, and monetize it and let's put the appropriate pricing on it, not just based on how long it takes you to do it, right? but what is the impact? What is the outcome of me getting this result for you? Right. How much is that really worth to you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. The, I think the, the big point here is that there's an, a heck of a lot of mindset stuff that's going on in here, right? And yeah. that it, I think that it's probably an area that we must constantly be vigilant over. That, boy, is this a belief that, where did this belief come from? Yeah. And how could it, you know, the old truly limiting belief, how could it really be holding me back? And, well, what if I started to price more towards the the value the impact that i'm having on people and believing that my corporate past and and price tag does not dictate what i charge now absolutely you know another thing i see with that too winnie is when folks come out of corporate they dub themselves as well i'm just starting so i'm going to charge and I have to constantly remind I them. I this too. It's horrible. Yeah. You are a new entrepreneur, but you are not new with those skills. Yes. So, you know, you're not basing your pricing on being a new entrepreneur. And this was something I had to deal with. So, you know, I work for um, a Fortune 500 company. I work for Barnes & Noble. Okay. Um, in their corporate training department. And I help e-launch launch, e e-learning in their company for all of their stores. Wow. And so I remember saying to my, my coach when I was first coming out and wanted to do more with online learning for folks, well, I've never really done it for an individual. She said, wait a minute, but you did this for two Fortune 500 companies. I'm like, yeah. She's like, so you can't do it for one person who wants to launch <laughs> one online course? Right. And it totally shifted how I was thinking. But again, it goes back to how seriously we undervalue what we do. Exactly. Right. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me check that because now my pricing model is going to be a whole lot different. But that's the truth. I've got 20 years of experience developing online courses. Right. Right. So let's price accordingly. So, yes, there's there's, you know, you, you're include you're including or you're inflating the pricing based on your experience and expertise. But that's not solely the reason that you would inflate your prices or raise your rates. Right. So now let's go where, because I know that people watching and listening to this are going, yes, but, right? So <clears throat> I'll give you the yes, but I told myself. And yeah. the yes, but that I've heard people say the same thing. Because you just really nailed a big issue. And, and a past guest, JT Ippolito, he calls this your corporate pedigree. Same thing. He, you know, he says that, hey, this is how you got this training. Of course you can do it for these people. You've been doing it for these other big shots. You're just, you're helping these people now. That's, that's the only difference. Right. So, so the, the issue then is, oh, ay, 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 I could just go on. So, okay. This is a big part of then believing that, 
I really am already an expert, right? So people are, going, are, are thinking, so here's the yes, but, because my brain was going in 50 different, different directions. So here's the yes, but. Yes, but if I charge that price, nobody's going to pay. Well, you're talking to the wrong people then. Well, my question for that is how do you know that? <laughs> Like I'm what? Prejudging, if, I'm prejudging oh, myself. Yeah. Like what proof do you have that people right. won't pay that? Right. And you know, the other thing I talk about is well, maybe you need to get some different, like you said, different people. Um. So I um I wrote a um a post um, and I talk about is your business an ugly duckling? Right. Where you're listening to people, the people in your network are saying, oh, my gosh, you're going to charge that. You can't do X, Y and Z. And so then you start, well, yeah, I can't do X, Y and Z. And nobody in your network, you know, charges or gets clients like that. And so you don't think it's possible. And so your business is an ugly duckling because the reality of it is that, you know what, while there are other people around you are only charging, you know, five hundred dollars, they're ducks and they're quacky. <laughs> right? But you are actually an eagle. Yeah. So you yeah. just need to go find the other eagles that are charging $5,000 and then you'll be in the right place. Yeah. And boy, that speaks to so many issues that we have going on, Ty. One is that we're putting more value into what other people think and say rather than trusting the, our good sense. Yeah. right and our own value that's a big one and then this issue of i need to find other people whether it's the community this is where and i talk about environment being one of the one of the seven pillars of success so mm -hmm. so it's the environment and that old adage that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with right we don't the, i don't i don't know if there's any actual statistic that proves it but it feels right right because Exactly what you just said. If these people, I, I refer to them as crabs, right? Have, have you ever had, had a bucket of crabs, right? Yep. Jersey girl, bucket of crabs. So if you've ever really looked at the crabs, there'll be a couple of crabs trying to get out of the bucket, right? They're climbing up the side of the bucket, and then the rest of the crabs are down there yanking their butts back in the bucket. You've yeah. got to be the crab that gets out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons why, you know, eventually I invested in a higher, um, a higher ticket, higher price coaching program for myself. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I say that to people all the time, especially when they're struggling with pricing, go invest in something big. And it's going to do a few things for you. Number one is going to give you access to people who have made a similar investment. And so the mindset is different yeah. and their sense of urgency to take action is different because they want to return on that investment. Right. The other reason that's really important is it's really hard for you to create an up-level experience if you've never experienced it yourself. You know, you can't, you can't see charging someone $5,000 for a program because you don't know what that looks like and feels like. Yeah. You, you have no idea. Yeah. And so it's it's so far from your mind. But if you in make that investment, and the other thing is this, I think it's really um, out of integrity to ask people to do something that you're unwilling to do. Yeah. So you want me, like, I, you know, people would, you know, you want me to help you create a, a program that you can charge $5,000 for, but you're going to balk at charging me $2,500? Seriously? Yeah. Like, how does that even align? How does that even make sense? Right. 
And I see people do that all the time. They don't want to invest in, you know, I want to make six figures, but they don't want to invest in working with a coach that can help them to get to six figures because yeah. it costs too much. Yeah, and again, that's where I just really ticks me off when I see these big magazine articles that talk about starting a business for twenty dollars and you know, or no money at all. And and I'm like, yeah. come on, are you not? Yeah. What do you think a doctor who's whether they're paid by the hospital or they're you know self-employed in private practice? Do you think that they started their business with no money at all? Yeah. Do you want to go to a doctor who started their business with no money at all? <laughs> I don't think so. What, I got all my equipment at the yard sale. The doctor who went out of business? Come on. <laughs> oh, not yeah, good. Yeah. And, or, and, it's, and it's no, you know, no money, but also the whole idea of what resources really are. So maybe they didn't have like thousands of dollars, but they had a network. They had the capital. You know, there's different. Um, I was just learning about this um, in a class that I'm taking. We're talking about the ten different types of capital, right? You know, you might not have any money, but maybe you have social capital, right? And this is how a lot of those gurus, like you know, I'm in the online course and signature program. You know, that's kind of the niche that I focus on and helping people do that. Um, and there's so many people that fall for these. Oh, I'm going to teach you how to build a course in six weeks. You're going to sell it, and you're going to have a hundred thousand dollar payday. And one of the things that they don't tell you is the social capital they had because they worked for another guru, right? And had all these connections that actually helped them sell their program. Yeah. That's a type of capital that if you have it, you can leverage it. But if you don't, and you don't have an email list, and you don't know how to market, you don't have the infrastructure, you are not going to hit six figures in six weeks. Right. It just ain't going to happen. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you have to leverage what you do have. I mean, when yes. I started out, I started doing free seminars. I did free live stand-up seminars. Uh-huh. I had to build my my authority, my name recognition. I had to somehow get to in front of people, and that was the fastest way to do it. And I got press, so yeah. I got free publicity, mm-hmm. and I was able to fill my free seminars mm-hmm. and then get clients from the seminars because mm-hmm. I didn't have any other way to do it. I couldn't figure anything else out, and that's, exactly. that's what worked yeah. for me. For, for me, it was a podcast and it was webinars. And this was back when podcasts, you know, I remember we laugh about it now, but this was when podcasts were just starting. I don't know if you ever remember a company called TalkShoe, mm-hmm. right? TalkShoe and blog, talk radio, and right. you could do your, you know, podcast on, in your car, on your phone, and, you know, before you had to get all fancy. Um, but I was a single mom working at home. Yeah. So I didn't even have the luxury of, like, networking. I was home. And I use what I knew. I knew how to do a podcast because it was just recording audio and I could do that. And I knew how to hold webinars and teleclasses. And that's what I did to build a list and to, and I leveraged the heck out of Facebook, (laughs) you know, and LinkedIn, all of those connections that I had. So yes, you do start where you are, but it's understanding that there's different kind of capital. So while it not be money, it might not be money. There's other capital that you're going to need to invest so that you can get results. Yeah. I love that. So when, how does somebody decide to raise their price? Because that's another issue, right? Coming up with the starting price is one thing. And then, all right, now I'm, I'm getting the feeling that whether it's that 
I, I priced myself wrong and I'm not as profitable as I would like to be and I want to raise that or I'm, I'm getting there are people who raise their fees because they're getting too much too many clients and now they're gonna they're gonna up their their fees to get a whole another level can you talk a little bit about that how do you decide now's the time and I would think that there's some kind of energy involved in making that a good decision too <laughs> well well you you touched on it you know like how like when do you decide to do it like those were two examples that you gave is the when um, another way to to kind of figure out when when you start getting really irritated because you're doing a lot of work for a little money Amen. That is usually the biggest indicator. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot with people. And I and then I was there. You yeah. know, um, I didn't like what I was doing as much. I was really good at it. But then I started getting really burnt out and frustrated because I'm doing all this work. I'm not getting, you know, enough money and I'm resenting the people that I'm doing it for. And then I'm gonna start hiding and not taking on any more business because I don't want to do that. Right. And so we work ourselves into this corner. And so that's another indicator, you know, that it's time to, to raise your rate. Um, another indicator is that when you don't have the space to do what you want. So it's not just about the demand for it, but when, you know, you th I think about this all the time. I didn't start my business so I could work 70 hours a week and, you know, not take vacations. That was a job. Right. And I just feel like I feel like people create, you know, they have had dead end, dead end jobs, but they also create dead end businesses. Right. Yeah. And so when you start realizing that, hey, I'm not getting the space and time to do some of the things that I want to do. You need to create that. You need to raise your rate so that you're creating money so that you can start putting things in place like the automation or the outsourcing. Right. Otherwise, what will happen is you'll start hiring a VA and now you're splitting your, your income with the VA. Right. Raise your rates. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's another indicator that I, I see with people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I amen to all of that. And also, you know, we go into to business for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because we love the thing that we do, right? We love it. You you loved coaching and you loved you love training. That's yeah. the, the nature of what you you enjoy doing, right? So same thing with me. And then you wind up doing absolutely everything, literally, and. I don't want to send out emails. I don't want to, right? So you've got to get, you've got to price so you can afford to budget for that person to do all those things that you don't like to do, that they actually do like to do and are good at and are better than you are, are at. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's one of the burning questions or he'll say, well, how can I afford a VA? And I can't, well, it's because you're charging too low. <laughs> Right. That's yeah. why you can't afford it. That's why it's not working out. You know, do the math, right? If you're going to do this, this is what you're going to need to bring in. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to work like, you know, 70 hours to bring that in. You know, that's one of the profit traps that we talk about is when you hit that ceiling, when the only way to grow your business is to clone yourself, right? Right. You know, you have to recognize that, you know, it's not that there's anything wrong with me. I just need to raise my rates. Yeah, and deal with whatever emotional issue you need to deal with around doing that. So you mentioned profit traps. Are there any other traps that you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, you know, um, that the first one, that glass ceiling that I talked about on the other end, um, one of the profit traps that I see people have is they have profit potholes. 
you know, so, oh, excuse me. So my company is Profit Momentum. And so these are all the things that keep you from getting that momentum and, you know, a profit pothole. Um, you know, it's when people stop and start and start and start and stop and start because they don't know how to fill their pipeline. Right. You know, so they, they go along for like two months when they've got clients and when those clients dry up, they're back stop, they're back stalled again. Right. And so you never get the momentum. Um, there's a profit roadblock where it's like you're banging your head up against the wall. You're doing and doing and doing. And a lot of times that happens because people don't have the right audience. So no matter what you do, no matter how many people you talk to, it's like this every single time because you're talking to the wrong people. Yeah. Um, one more, um, and there's actually, I think, like six of them, but I'll give you one more um, that I see a lot of people doing is the profit gap. And this is the biggest one that I see. So it's when, you know, imagine that there's a river, like a raging river that's just thrashing along and you're on one side of that river and you're looking on the other side and you're seeing all these people who like they look like you. They even say some of the th same things you say, but on that side, they've got like mansions and castles and you've got a tent. <laughs> And your big question is, well, how do I get over there? Because every time you dip your foot into that raging rapids of water, it consumes you, it overwhelms you, and you shrink back and you go back to your tent. And why that gap is there is because people don't have the system or the strategy to get that bridge to the other side. They're flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. They're surprised every month when they make money. That should not be a surprise. <laughs> I got money. That should not be a surprise at the end of the month. You know, and you're flying by the seat of your pants and you don't have that strategy or that, that bridge to get you to the other side. Right. You have a profit gap. Outstanding. Now, I heard you talk about uh, ramping up your profit. Can you talk about ramp? Oh, gosh, I, that's an acronym. I'm trying to remember exactly what we did with that. Um, so I know that part of what we teach, and I think we might even change the name by now when it just like rev up your revenue, but RAMP, when we were talking about that, it was really taking a look at, you know, what are the things that you can do, you okay. know, to really build up, you know, your revenue. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm trying I hope I'm going to get them in the right order. If not, you know, we'll just roll with it because we're rock stars and we adapt. Exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, but one of the first things that you really have to do is you have to make sure that you are pricing your things the right way, right? Um, yeah. Are you are you priced right? You know, is it yeah. right pricing? Or do you have the right people? You know, are you right? And we talk about right fit clients and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Is it right? Um, the other thing that we talk about with the A is the automation, mm -hmm. right? You know, automate things so that you have more time. Or, you know, when you raise your rates and you can pay for the automation, now you've got more. You know, so it all flows right. together with that. Right. Um, the M is for monetize. A lot of us have content and things that we've written or we've created and it's sitting on our laptops, you know, creating yep. dust. <laughs> yep. Figure out how to monetize that. And we teach us with the online courses and with the, you know, digital products and the things that you can create to monetize what you know. Right. And that last one is where your process is falling short. If you don't have templates and systems in place and it takes you 10 hours every single time you do certain things because you don't have the processes and people in place, right. that's going to 
really cause you to lose money, right? Yeah. Because you need to have those processes in place. It's not, you know, just, um, you know, because it's the right thing to do that people have processes in their business. It's because it saves you time and money. Yeah. That's yeah. how you wrap up your revenue. Yeah, outstanding. And yeah, I mean, we've all got the same 24 hours. So we've got to make sure that we're in living, enjoying as much of those 24 hours as possible. And that requires this whole shift towards pricing appropriately, working in efficiently, working with great people. I think that my emotional enjoyment is part of my profitability when I'm factoring things. I'm not really going to enjoy this because I'm not, I'm not doing it because I only have 24 hours and I'm not spending any more of a miserable. So yeah, that, that I think that needs to be included in there as well. But this has just been such fantastic information, Ty. I could go on for hours about this. People will be happy to know we, I, I won't. But why don't you talk a little bit more about exactly what it is that you do with clients and where can they go to get more information? Uh, fantastic. Thank you for letting me um, share that. So the whole model behind Profit Momentum is how can you profit more and work less? Right? That's the whole, that's the core thing. And when I did the drill down, that's what my clients want. You know, they don't want to feel like they have to sacrifice their life or their family or their, you know, just their joy in order to make more money. Now, they're profit-minded, um, but that's not mutually exclusive. You know, it's, it's not, you know, I can only have more money if I work harder and hate what I do. It's not how it works. Um, and so we do that by helping them create high-ticket signature programs and online courses. How can we take what they do and teach them how to create these experiences, um, how to systemize their content and organize it so they can charge more for what they're doing, and then put the automations in place, and then how do we turn that into some courses and things that can generate passive income for them while they sleep? Or as I like to say, Winnie, I like to say, how can your, are, is your business working while you're, no, how can your business make money while you're making memories and margaritas? Amen. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I'd like to figure that out myself. That sounds great. Yeah. Ty, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And we're going to have, of course, links to all of Ty's social sites and her, her main website. Where, where would you like people to go to get? Oh, absolutely. I forgot that um, in your question. It's ProfitMomentum.com. Great. Awesome. And we'll have those links in the show notes. And uh, I encourage you to check Ty out, follow her everywhere. I, she's all over uh, social media and, and Facebook. So you definitely want to uh, add her to your list of folks you follow. Thanks again for being with me. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I hope you found that helpful. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it. You can become a fan of the show and access back episodes and all the resources and bonus materials by going to couragepodcastfan.com and signing up for the vault. It's free, of course. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise, no alcohol needs to be involved, don't overindulge, don't drink and drive. Your reflection exercise is to think about your prices and profitability. Are you earning what you want in order to have the business and lifestyle you want? You didn't start your business to work yourself to death and work 80-hour weeks. Do you bring in enough revenue to have the tech tools you need in order to automate your business? 
do you bring in enough revenue to have the administrative support you want so you can focus on those tasks that bring you the most joy and really serve your clients at a high level while you're saving for retirement and bringing home the kind of take-home pay that gives you the life you want and lets you contribute to causes you care about and support your family. And your action step. Get help to figure out the profitable price for each of your offerings. We shouldn't be making up our prices. Offerings should be priced for profitability and that offerings role in your overall revenue model. If you need help with that, reach out to your accountant. If you don't have somebody you can count on, visit winningrecommends.com and look at my list of trusted resources to find the person who's right for you. And of course, you can visit Ty's site at profitmomentum.com or find her on social media. All the links you need to reach her are in the show notes at winnieanderson.com slash profitmomentum. And if you like this episode, please share it with others that you think would enjoy it. And remember, you can access the back catalog and all the other episodes and bonus material at couragepodcastfan.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.